Thank you for taking the time to listen. Church Hurt is real. We would like to hear your story to help others who have been abused in church. Only when we speak up can we begin to heal from the pain. Please send your story confidentially to the email witminyahoo.com. Welcome to the Walk in Truth Christian Fellowship Church broadcast on the WITRN network. Come join us as we study the Word of God together. Go get your Bible and let's see what the Holy Spirit is saying to us today. Amen. So we're still studying uh, in Luke chapter 4, and we're still talking about Jesus' first miracle in Luke. And last week I asked the question, what was Jesus' first miracle in John? Turn water into wine. Turn water into wine. And then we talked about also the witnesses that witnessed to who Jesus was before this miracle, which basically told about his uh, his who he was. We had the shepherds, we had uh, the angel, we had Anna, we had Simeon, we had John the Baptist, we had Elizabeth, and we had Zechariah, and then eventually the wise men, who were all witnesses to who Jesus was. And then we have Jesus doing his first sermon, which comes out of where? No, what is the sermon? What scripture does it come out of? Nope. Isaiah what? Isaiah 61. He, he got the scroll. He read the scroll. He rolled it up. And he sat down. He said, today in your hearing, this has been fulfilled. So what we want to do always is go back before we go forward for the sake of the listeners. It's free to open up Isaiah 61, just part A. 61, 1, just part A. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives and freedom to prisoners, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. That's it. To proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. Part B, he hasn't done yet. Okay. Part A, he came to do that. Okay. He came to proclaim the good news, setting captives free, bind the brokenhearted, and set those who are captive at liberty. Okay. Now, what we get in this first miracle is who's more captive than someone who is demon possessed? You know, who's more captive to, to who's not at liberty? And what I've been studying about uh, this demon demon demonstration, most of it was done when Jesus was here. After he leaves, you don't really feel see Paul and them dealing with demons too much. There's a one or two times in Acts, but you don't see that as much. You see them dealing with the sins of the people. All right. So the demonic activity uh, unveiled itself when Jesus was here. When holiness comes, 
the demons have to have to respond to it. But it's funny, the demons who represent the evil will respond to holiness before the saints do. The demon will. So what we have is this situation in the Bible where we have these demons. We have these demons. And they're responding to Jesus and they're testifying to who he is. Okay? So when Jesus showed up, whether you are a saint or ain't or a demon, you're going to recognize who Jesus is. And that's the beautiful thing because that gives us hope because he is our savior and everything that we can do is in Christ Jesus. Society has this overindulgence at this point in time in history with wizards, ghosts, goblins, demons, Bigfoot, <laughs> anything that you can think of, okay? The Travel Channel, as I've always stated, has went from talking about traveling to destinations to sending people, there's a show called Destination to Hell. And they and you know with 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 media, with media, the majority of media is controlled by Satan. Yes, it is. And it has one purpose. Now let, let me ask you something. Anybody can answer this question. And don't use the Bible can answer. Just tell me in your own words. What do you think Satan is here to do? What do you think his purpose is? To entice people to, to follow him to go to hell. Okay, to follow him to go to hell. Now, when you said entice, I like that word entice. Does he entice you by spitting green blood and, 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 and turn around in circles? How does he entice you? With beautiful things. Yeah, he comes appearing as what? An angel of light. Okay, so what we find is what, what society has made uh, through TV, uh, what demons do, it seems as if they're more powerful than God. Because those who portray fighting demons on television do way more than what Jesus did and does way more than what Paul did. They got to throw water on them. They got to do all this, that, and the other. You know, send them back to the pits. You know, and we talked about that last time jokingly. If you bind the devil at your church on Thursday, what why is that church over here on Sunday binding the devil too? Who let them go? I guess your bind didn't work. And nowhere in the Bible tells us to do that. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. It said he will step on the head of, 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 of Crush's head. He's the one who died. Yes, Jesus. Okay, and we're going to see that. But we don't dismiss the influence of Satan on our society worldwide. Okay? And you do have a lot of manifestations in countries who haven't received one thing is the true gospel. We talked about deliverance. And this weekend, there's going to be deliverance services all over the planet. Why? Especially in the United States. These so-called deliverance services. But the problem is, with the deliverance services, is you're not using what God gave us to deliver somebody. Because first of all, your assumption is they saved and they got a devil in them. That's your first problem. That's because we're going to see that you are the sanctuary of God. And God will not share his sanctuary with no demon. Okay? You got the Holy Spirit living in you. You can't do that. So you tell them to do all kind of stuff. You turn them around. You throw them down. You put them in a circle. Y'all chant over them. And the person seems to get delivered. And we're going to talk about that. The house seems swept. <laughs> uh -oh. 
But it's really not swept with the right thing because the one thing that God gave every saint of God should know this. And I keep telling y'all this. And one day y'all get this in y'all spirit because y'all, when y'all, I brought up as great as he that's in me to his world, y'all got silent last week. Because you, and I'll be, you'll be honest if you really don't understand it and really don't believe the power you have. It's an ongoing growth thing. And the easiest way to understand the power is a simple message. Uh, the way Lee read Romans 1.16. Before we get to our passage. And we're going to be in Luke chapter 4, verses 31 through 37 again. So we see where the power is. The power is in the gospel. So if you're going to be delivered from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light, you have to believe in the gospel. So why not give them what can, can deliver them? You're trying to give them everything else. You're not even finding out this demon-possessed person is saved. You're thinking that you can deliver them from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light with all these incantations. We're simply giving them the gospel because he said he gave every man a what? A measure of faith. If he died to deliver us through the gospel, then why aren't you using the gospel? But most of us, some of us, some of you, don't even know how to present the gospel in your own language, in your own vocabulary. You run, ask what the gospel is, here come the can answer, death, burial, resurrection. That's true. But that saying that to somebody is not going to get them saved. They don't, they don't understand that. You're telling, them, you're telling them bullet points. You need to have a discussion about what supposedly happened to you. And if you can't have that discussion, then you might not be saved. You know, you might, you might not be saved. Okay? So we have this situation where a person is demon-possessed, you could be demon-oppressed, and you could be demon-tormented. Saul was tormented by a demon. Okay? So, a person who is saved, if not careful, can be tormented to a demon. And let me tell you, people who are demon-possessed are not necessarily evil people. Today's time, what you have is these people, through the media, are inviting demons into their life. But the only problem is, when you open the door to a demon, you can't shut it a lot of times. And saved people, truly saved people, I shouldn't have to say truly, but truly saved people are not inviting demons into their life. They're not spending no time trying to entertain even conversations with demons. Okay? So, again, we had this situation in our society now. You got Jesus doing his first miracle. And again, I know a lot's been written on this stuff. There's a lot been sensationalism. But you're, 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 you're so shallow and fleshly in all this other stuff. I mean, I heard a teaching the other day that was just ridiculous about it. You know, they gave all this formula. Like, the person needs to be able to receive and the person needs to submit. And the person and they say, submit to the person who's doing this. Hmm. No, the, the, they need to submit to the gospel. God died for you mm -hmm. so you could be saved. To do the gospel through you. Amen. 
to be a witness to everyone, all nations. But you're witnessing about stuff that make you look good. It's so subtle. And in this story, you know, we're going to see a subtleness of Satan that I don't think we pay attention to. Because guess what Satan is not? He's not stupid. He's not inarticulate. And he's not a baby's kid. Okay? He can't trick you if he was a baby's kid. He has to trick you with intelligence. And a truth that's not the truth. That will always lead you astray. His goal is to get you to turn away from God. What did he tell Job? What did he say with Job? If you just remove your protection, I'll get him to curse you. Okay? I'll get him to curse you. I will afflict his flesh to the point and his mind to the point where he's going to say it's not working. And the same devil does the same thing too. He wants to convince you because you're going through something that God ain't working for you. Every challenge you get, we spend a whole year learning how to suffer well and you still are blazing your relationship with God about your comfort level. There's no reason for Satan to mess with you if you're already doing what he told you to do. That's right. There's no reason for that. And we have our own sin and we confuse the sin that we inherit and the sin that we do and the things that come against us because of what we planted as a seed out here as satanic. No, it's you. Now, when Satan got you following your own program, he don't need what he need to mess with you for. You following your own lust and desires. You doing what you want to do. But Satan has an influence. He deals with, with corporations. He deals with policymakers. He deals with all these people who, who have an impact on your life. And then you have to decide how much you're going to follow them in your day to day. Are you willing to give up your job for the sake of Christ? I'm not asking you to answer that. But it may come to that. Or you will lose your life for the sake of Christ. He already said that you have to be willing to lose your life. Pick up your cross and follow me. The cross is a, is a thing of death. It ain't your little problems with your friends. Y'all cheaping that stuff. Oh, I'm going to carry the cross because my friends don't like me. And, you know, I got trouble at my job. And, and, and that's my cross. That ain't your cross. Because none of that got to do with salvation in Jesus. Okay? All right. Luke chapter 4, free. Let's fire it up. Luke chapter 4, verses 31 through 37. From the NASB. And he came down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and he was teaching them on the Sabbath. And they were amazed at his teaching, for his message was with authority. In the synagogue, there was a man possessed by the spirit of an unclean demon, and he cried out with a loud voice, Let us alone. What business do we have with each other, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet and come out of him. And when the demon had thrown him down in the midst of the people, he came out of him without doing him any harm. So we have Jesus showing up, preach the good news, and the demon responds. The demon responds. The demon didn't know who was a preacher that day. But when the preacher started preaching, the gospel, the good news, he couldn't sit back because he figured if these people who I've been around all this time, now think about it, you thinking in your imagination he just showed up that day. Uh-uh, he's been there all the time, causing confusion, causing distractions, 
speaking a little truth with a lot of lie. He's being deceptive. He amongst the people and the people can't recognize him. Because they might not be in bondage to him, but they may be influenced by him. He could be someone influential, influential in the church. Influential in the synagogue. And here comes Jesus. And he reads, he reads uh, Isaiah 61 and then starts explaining what he's here to do. And the devil, the, the, the demon at that point, cries out and says, ah, he's hurting. Because now he's about to be exposed. What do you have to do with us right now? Because we know already what you're here to do, and you're here to set the people free who I've been had that I had control over, that I have an influence over. It may not have been the leader of the synagogue, but I guarantee you, it was someone that had influence. Because if it didn't have influence, why is it crying out? It's crying out because now it's about to lose its grip on. Because the good news of being set free is being preached. And what the good news is said, who God says free is what? Free This ain't rocket science, saints. <laughs> this ain't rocket science. The truth will what? Set you free. Make you free. So Jesus is in the process of setting people free. He's, he's about to bring down the, he's about to bring uh, open eyes that's been blinded by religion of the Pharisees. Because now the Judaism is in, in apostate and then the devil coming in trying to keep them in apostate. You know, the devil wants to keep you in religion and keep you away from the relationship with God. Yes, he, does. Yes, he, does. he wants you to continue to look back at what you used to do that didn't really work for you and keep you doing it over and over and over and over again. You know, if I get you to focus on the gold place which you take offering in versus the goldenness of God, then you practicing a religion. You got to stand this way. You got to look this way. You got to wear this clothes. All of that that people do to get you to focus. And then see, the devil don't mind that. The devil works with religion. He loves these rituals. He loves traditions. And traditions are not bad in themselves, but they become devilish when their tradition is raised above the freedom of the gospel. When the most important thing in your life is the tradition of walking truth, which we have a tradition. God forbid, as long as I'm the pastor here, I'm going to always check you and say, no, the most important person in this building at any time is you, the temple of God, and Jesus and his word. I don't care if we sing first, sing last. I don't care if we pray first, pray last. All I know is the most important thing you can get while you're in here for the hour is the word of God. But you got to be taught that and you got to be broken from your religion because what you'll do is you'll say, well, I really like this and I really like that. But the devil says, you're so concentrated in that. There's nothing. Again, there's nothing intrinsically wrong. Paul said, all things are lawful for me, right? Yes, yes. But all things aren't profitable or expedient for me. What he's trying to say to you, you have a conscience. You can do anything you want to do, but don't do something that takes the focus off of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Okay, what you do in church? Don't take the focus off of Jesus because that's what the devil wants you to do. He wants you to take the focus off. And then we see in this, Jesus, Jesus is well received and he cries out, what do you have to do with me? Read what he said. Read what the devil said again. The demon said, let us alone. What business do we have with each other? Jesus of Nazareth. Mm -hmm. Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are. The Holy one of God. He, so he knows who he is and he's what? 
the Holy One of God. Have you come? Now think about it. He asked the question to Jesus. Have you come to destroy us? Now that's that's something. You preaching the gospel in a demon crowd. Have you come to destroy us? Because see, he's not going to set the demon free. He's going to bring the demon into captivity with the gospel. See, the gospel sets us free and brings him into the captivity. He has to be subject to that. Okay? He's subject to the good news. He can't fight the good news. Because the good news is the pure goodness of God of grace on a sin-sick soul that will set them free. Not only from their sin, but from the demonic possession, oppression, and uh, uh, what did I say the other one was? Um, depression, de oh, oppression, the possession, and uh, I forgot the word. Torment. Yeah. He'll set you free from all that. And the, de and the devil doesn't want that and the demon doesn't want that. He wants to continue to reside in that man and do the religious stuff, come to the synagogue every day. He might be well respected and he will eventually destroy God's synagogue. Even though they was an apostate, they were still God's people. All right? And we're going to just go through some scriptures to kind of look at our, our, our role in this versus the devil's role. Because we get to confused. And we, you know, and I always say, when you're trying to blame the third party for what you're doing, you're falling right into the devil's hand. It's never somebody that makes you do something. You have to decide what you're going to do based upon how much God is in you. Okay? Yes, you're going to get mad. The Bible says get angry and sin not. So you can get mad. But don't sit here and tell me that somebody made you do something that you didn't want to do. You're a liar. That don't even make sense. Somebody made you do something you didn't want to do. If you didn't want to do it so bad, you wouldn't have done it. But you want to make them the person, the fall guy, for what you've done is devilish and sinful towards God. Okay? And again, I'm not talking from, I'm looking at y'all and I'm looking at myself. I used to do the same thing. Isn't it easy to blame somebody else for what I'm going through than myself? Yes, it is. C-A-R, be committed, accountable, and responsible. I say I'm committed to God, but am I accountable? Am I responsible? No, it's somebody else's fault. But then if I get success, it's me and God. <laughs> he my partner then. You know, and then I might bypass him and say I did it on my own. You know, and the devil wants you to do this, not give God credit either. That's how the pride comes in. And we talked about, let's see if you can remember, we talked about what's the meanest animal as far as God's concerned, in the jungle. Is it really the devil? Is it the lion? No, no, no. I ain't talking about lion, but is it the devil? Is it is 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 that is that the root of evil? What's the root of evil? Love of money is the root of evil. And love of money helps you do lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, pride of life. Trust me, the more money you have, the more sin you can do. Because you have the money to back it up. I ain't talking about what I heard. I'm talking about what I know and what I did. Thank God. Because he was rich in mercy. And he was able to take some money away and say, I don't mind you having money. But see, you can't be using your money to continue to sin. See, when you got money, you can hide different stuff. Well, did money have you? Yes, it did. Money was my God. But the key is, the key is understanding. It ain't the devil your problem. It's you. And what you follow is what the devil puts out before you, like an enticer, like what you said, an appetizer. 
Oh, look at this. You can have all this if you bow down and worship me. Isn't that what he told Jesus? That's what he told Jesus. <laughs> but you fall for it. But the demon is telling God, like that in there, telling Jesus, God incarnate, are you here to do what you said you're going to do? Destroy us. Wow. All from preaching the gospel. None of this extra. Just from starting off with, with the gospel and about to explain the gospel to him. And he couldn't sit there and take it no more. He could have ran out. But he was captivated by the holiness of God in his presence with the word of God. Okay? Look at uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 6. And look at verse 15. Hold on, Freddy, before you read it. Start at verse 15. And let me see how far I'm going to go down. Got to decide. Got to decide. Okay. Read 15 and 16. For what harmony has Christ with Bilal? That's the devil. What harmony does Christ have with Bilal or Baal or Baal? However you want to pronounce it, fine. But remember, Baal worship is Satan worship. Baal is a demon. Is a law is is because you got to remember in the demonic world, just like an angelic world, there's hierarchy. Okay, that's why when Michael confronted <clears throat> Satan about the the bones of Moses. He didn't say, I rebuke you. He said, the Lord rebuke you. Because he knew he was he was not as high as rank as Satan. Satan was above all of them. Okay? And a lot of times, the closest person to you be the person that rebel against you. Yes. Okay? Because they ain't heard the gospel either. See, I stick to the word of God because, see, the word of God give me discernment about a whole bunch of stuff. I don't, I've learned, mother, and I learned, y'all, I don't say nothing. I just watch it unfold. And then when it finally get to the point I need to say something, God, I say, okay, now you need to go ahead and expose it. Okay? And again, you got to remember, I talk to more than just y'all. So, you know, I'm just saying it's a beautiful thing to know that the word of God gives you a level of discernment as you grow in the grace. And the goal is not to bust them out to chase them away. The goal is, bust, the goal is to bust them out, get them some light to dispel the darkness that they exhibit. So they can come on back. The goal is never to get rid of somebody. The goal is to save somebody. But sometimes you can't save them unless you expose them. That's right. All right? All right, keep go, go ahead. Or what has a believer in common with an unbeliever? Mm -hmm. Or what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God, just as God said, keep going. I dwell in them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from their midst and be separate, says the Lord, and do not touch what is unclean, and I will welcome you. Okay. So, what do y'all got to do with unsaved folk? Why are you unsaved folk y'all friends? And this is what I would say. Why are unsaved folk your friend and you're not trying to get them the gospel to get them saved so they can be your friend? You think it's cute. You think it's funny. Okay? I'm not telling you to go over to hit them over the head, but if you really love them, you love them back to life. That better Lueta. Hallelujah. You love them back to life and you can love them to life with the gospel. Hallelujah. You can't love them to life, tell them to come to church. You can't love them to life... Tell them to listen to me on the, on the thing. 
I am a supplement. I am not the meal. Jesus Christ, the hope of glory in you is the meal. So what, So you are the temple of God. You ain't got nothing in common with them. And see, the thing about it is you got to know that you don't have nothing in common with them. And if you can't handle being around them and, you, and it drifts you back to being like them, you need to come out from among them. There are certain people, y'all, that I just don't want to hang around. See, it used to be I couldn't hang around them because they bring me back. But now, thank God to the mercies and grace of God, I don't want to hang around them. I have no desire to go back to where I came from. I ain't trying to go back to Egypt. No, 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 not me. I ain't trying to go back to Babylon. Not me. I'd rather be poor, destitute, and crazy, and I have to be the one to go back to where I came from. Because it was all flesh. Me, the devil, and my flesh. All working together to destroy my soul. Because again, y'all have to remember the devil don't care nothing about your body. He see, he knows it's decaying. What are you going to do with a dead person's body that's going to hell? He wants your soul. The worms will eat your body, that's for sure. But he doesn't want your, 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 your incorruptible body that's going to be with God. He wants the soul so the soul can go with him. He already knows the plan God has for him. The demons just told you that. If the demons know that, you know the general knows it too. If the imp know it, you know the main, the main man know. Yes, yes, yes. But he's here to trick you. But the gospel will undo all of the trickery. Hallelujah. Because the minute you receive the gospel, this takes effect. You become the temple of God. Amen. And what do you got to do with a demon? Mm -hmm. Nothing. And what do you do to get unsaved folk? They might not even be possessed by a demon. They're just unsaved. Nothing. Yeah. Again, I don't mind you going anywhere to deal with people. Because the Bible tells you to deal with the lowly, to deal. I mean, you have to go to the brokenhearted. You got to go to the captive, those who are captivated by sin and the devil. You, these are the people that we try to win. These are the people that we we give the gospel to. But the, but you got to be careful because you got to know your own. Uh, 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 what's that dude's name in the movies? He said you need to know your own limitations. Dirty Harry. Who's Dirty Harry? Uh, Clint Eastwood. He pointed that forty-five at that dude head. And he said, you got to know your own limitations. And think about that. That's what God and the that's what the God is telling you with that, that, that 45 point at your head. Of the word, you need to know your own limitations because without me, you are limited. Amen. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. At the minute I come to Christ, I'm in a position to be able to do all things. Not all things for fleshly, but all things spiritual. Because all of our gifts spiritually are held up by him in a place where the moth and rust can't eat. And you need to learn how to bring it down to be able to use it. Not with all this extra hubbub, dubbub, bebub, bebub. You need to be able to bring it down in natural understanding so a person can understand what you're saying. You can't give the gospel in tongues. Mm -hmm. That's true. That person won't understand what you're saying. Because they're not saved. That's right, Sister Brown. They ain't going to admit that. They're not saved. So even if it was a heavenly language, they're still on the earth. Why would you do that to them? And think you've done something. Well, how did he deliver them? He delivered them with a clear presentation of the gospel. The devil cried out, okay? Yes. Go to James 2, 19. Go to James 2, 19. Read just 2, 19. You believe that God is one. You do well. The demons also believe and shudder. 
So that you believe that God is one, you do well. But he's letting you know that ain't no big deal. Because even the demons know as we see, and they shudder. Not just at the name of Jesus, it says you believe. Read that again. Read it real careful. Because we get it confused. Go ahead. You believe that God is one. You do well. The demons also believe and shudder. So you believe God is one. Where you get that from? Scripture. These things were written aforetime time for our learning that through the patience and encouragement of scripture, we might have hope. You, you do well, but there's a better you can do by believing the gospel. So that's just doing well. That's the starting point. The finish line or, or the salvation, the moving, the deliverance come when you can present the gospel. When you can present the gospel, you got it going on. Because not only do you believe God is one, you also believe that the gospel can save you because it's the power of God under salvation. To the Jew who had it first, not because they better, just because he chose them, and to anyone else who wants to believe. And, in, and John, it tells us, you are, you are condemned because you don't believe. So we don't need to condemn nobody because they're already condemned because they're not saved. Our goal is to give them the light that can get them saved. See, the devil wants you also to believe that you're still condemned because of your actions, per se. Okay? But, there, but there's a fine line between struggling and practicing. Amen? Yes, it is. Because we're going to learn what the Bible say about the difference between struggling and practicing. There's some times you're going to struggle because you're in this flesh, but if you keep doing it, you ain't struggling, you practicing, and there's no grace on that, there's no God on that, and God going to say, you're not his. That's the truth, not a truth. Now, you can package it how you want, talk about grace. No, you keep on doing it, God say, you ain't was never saved. Remember? There's going to be good Good people that gonna come and say, I did all this in your name. You're gonna say, I ain't had no relationship with you. I never knew you. I never knew you. Not I didn't know you when you did these things. I didn't know you at all. So if I didn't know you when you were supposedly giving me preaching my name, how much more did I don't know those who don't know me who never preach my name? Okay? Quit trying to tell people about these deathbed confessions. Quit using the thief at the cross because see, people are funny. If you keep part, see, you don't tell them the, the, the tough part. That's the easy part. Thief on the cross, he believed in Jesus, he was saved. Okay? But you don't, that ain't for you to tell somebody, say, wait for that to happen to you. Because guess what? They don't know when their next breath going to be. See, that's the easy way out. Well, the cross, the, 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 the thief on the cross didn't do anything. Okay. And you're not supposed to wear that out. Because there's a whole bunch of people who are dying every day that never get the gospel. And get the revelation. That thief on the cross got a revelation from God. I got a question. Go ahead. Isn't there a point sometime too where people hear the gospel and they keep hardening their heart? Yes, ma'am. And then after a while, they can't come. We're going to get to that on the scripture today. I'm glad you asked that. You can keep rejecting it, then God will let you. That's when that word turn you over. To a reprobate mind. To a reprobate mind. What God is saying is like, you have you have made me ratify what you say you didn't want, which is me. I gave you a stamp of approval. Go live your life. But on judgment day, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. See, God ain't playing. 
And we preaching this social gospel, this woke gospel, this black gospel, this white gospel, this prosperity gospel, which is not a gospel at all because you can't preach none of that over in Africa, Asia, or them places where they barely got shoes, the where drinking water. That what you gonna tell them about the bag they gonna get? They gonna get a check in the mail. They don't even get mail service out there. And you talking you talking that crap. And that's a uniquely an American thing that we have transported everywhere. That's why America got to be destroyed. And it will just hold, you know, it will. America is the is America as it sits is the bastion of Sodom and Gomorrah and, and everything is evil. And it's all based upon religion and the feminine agenda in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Because we've twisted the order of God. And I get it. You love it. Isn't it funny how a lot of the alpha females got these beta males? Huh. Talk to me. You say you don't want them, but if you so alpha, why ain't you alone? Preach. We ain't going down that road today. All right. First John chapter three, verse started verse seven, freedom. First, you said James. First, first. Did I say James? I say John. Now, had you James? I want you to go to First John. Okay. First John. First John chapter three. Wait till everybody get it. When you get it, say Amen. Amen. All right. Wait for it. Wait for some more Amens. Go three through. It's gonna be long. First John three. If uh, starting at verse seven through seven and eight. Uh huh. Read. Little children. Make sure no one deceives you. The one who practices righteousness is righteous. Oh, let's just stop right there. See, this is about what you eat and what you feed on and what you do with it. First John chapter 3, okay. verse 7. Okay, okay. okay, read that again, Free. Little children. My children. Make sure no one deceives you. Make sure you ain't tricked, slick, or deceived, self-deceived. That what? The one who practices righteousness. The one who practices this awesome thing called righteousness. And the Bible says you are the righteousness of Christ, but you got to practice what you are. Amen. Amen. You can't tell me you saved and there's no practice, no evidence, and we call it what? Fruit. 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 Read that one more time. I love that sentence. Go ahead. Little children. Make sure no one deceives you. Mm -hmm. The one who practices righteousness is righteous. So make sure you don't deceive yourself and don't let the devil or anybody else outside of Christ deceive you because you don't supposed to be with them no way listening to them when it comes to this. We just read, what, what does what does a saved folk got to do with the devil? Nothing. Nothing. So why you listen to people try to tell you about your book because you don't know your book yourself. Wow. I get it. See, you're not talking to a pastor ain't never lived life. Because I used to trick a whole bunch of people because I had money. The way that I used to tell people in my parties, I was God. And they believed it. And they believed it because they, <laughs> hey, hey, I'm throwing, I, hey, I'm making it rain for them. God, I tell you, that's why that demon was sitting on my bedpost talking about I got you. And if it wasn't for God, it wasn't because I was good. Is that he, he knew what he wanted in the earth realm for ministry at this time. He prepared me well because I know the difference. 
Same, well, I wasn't baptized when I was 12 and all that good stuff. People doing, people who actually do that, that's fine with them. But what I found out with my experience, limited that it is, I found out both of them, they just as worse as anybody else. Because they didn't know what they was doing at 12. They was just doing religion. Even Sister Jackie, bless her heart, she said, I got to get baptized again. It doesn't, you know, what I'm saying is, they didn't, and again, a lot of times they don't know. So I'm not, you know, saying this is maliciously done, but, you know, we just, we just become so mechanical versus organic. Okay. We become so mechanical. Okay. Read that again. Hello. What time? <laughs> now I'm going to let you go. Go ahead. Little children, make sure no one deceives you. The one who practices righteousness is righteous. Okay. We got that one. Who? And, and so this is all on you now. Go ahead. Just as he is righteous. Uh-huh. And who is the he? Jesus. Jesus. So one who has practiced righteousness as in Christ, this is because he was right. Okay, you couldn't practice what he wasn't. He had to be righteous for you to practice righteous because there was no righteousness in you. Okay? Because he is righteous and holy and wonderful. All right? Flip side, go. The one who practices sin is of the devil. Is of the who? The devil. Oh, so we back to putting you back in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. I don't care how much you come to church. I really don't. I don't care how many tongues you speak. I don't care how many stuff you done learned about this book academically. This cuts to the chase, don't it, Frida? Yeah. If you practice sin, what does it say? You are of the devil. Yeah. You are of the devil. Of means you're cut. Your, your whole disposition is this demon, like this demon. But it doesn't mean you demon possessed. See, the devil got his demons, then he got y'all. Okay? And some of you are nicely sinful and belong to the devil. And we don't even know it. You are practicing what you want to do. You're going all the way back 1,500 years to the judges' time and doing what is right in your own eyes. That was Israel's problem. The prosperity that you got, you think you slick. Prosperity makes you slick. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When you're suffering, you ain't slick. But prosperity makes you slick because you'll say, okay, God gave me this, he blessed me, and now I know a lot, I, and because I'm blessed, and you, and you, and you, and you, the, the gift become your God, and the God who gave you the gift will be pushed aside. God is a rewarder of those who seek Him, but see, you look for material things versus growth and maturity in Christ. See, when you grow in Christ, you can withstand anything. I, I, trust me, y'all know my story. You can withstand it, man. Don't make no difference who talk about me, who come against me. I don't care. Prove that I'm wrong with the Scripture. I, ain't, I haven't got that challenge yet. I'm waiting. Don't give me all that hubbub stuff. I don't, I don't trick this congregation. I don't know money. I don't do none of that. We go by what God say. Are we perfect in it? Of course not. But we learning. We didn't been through the book of John how many times? Three? Four? Three? Okay. And we're going to go through it again. Why? Because there's more to get. What I, what I see in John that one time, I don't I don't see in John now. I see more. He's he's he gives God is a God. Say this word, revelation. 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 But you can't get revelation 
don't know who these kids keep calling me, but they need to stop. <laughs> Let me just turn. See the devil? See, see how Satan do? He, 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 he get, went to airways. I turn that phone off. Okay. So, so, so what I'm saying is, you can't get revelation without opening your ears and eyes to the information. Now, if God wants to give you a revelation without opening your eyes, it's fine. But my thing is this. Why would he give you revelation of his goodness and kindness and his mercy without some kind of information on who he is? How do you know it's the devil and not? How do you know it's the God and not the devil? Because the devil can give you stuff, so can God. Yes. God can give you all the stuff. All the material stuff belong to him anyway. The devil got on a lease program. <laughs> and his lease is almost up. Hallelujah. All right, go ahead. Read that again. The one who practices sin is of the devil. Mm -hmm. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. From the beginning. Mm -hmm. So if you practice sin, you're going all the way back to the beginning. Mm -hmm. Now, it ain't the beginning of Adam's fall. It's the beginning when he rebelled against God and got thrown out of heaven. Okay? It, it affected us. Now, think about this. God has set up this place called the Garden of Eden, right? It was the perfect place for his creation, right? Yes. And then, then he created man to rule over, have dominion over this place, this place. We don't know how, all we know is this Garden of Eden place, how vast it was. Man was supposed to have dominion over it. He had no problem with it. And he followed God in the cool of the day. He didn't have to have any clothes because he, he was in a perfect relationship with God. His spirit ran his flesh. Flesh was neutral. Flesh did what the spirit said. Because the spirit of man was God. Incarnate in him, in a sense, God brewed his spirit and he became a living soul. So that living soul and that spirit of God that was in him, he had a relationship with God beyond his flesh. Where he could name all the animals. It wouldn't surprise me if he could do a lot more, but the God focused on the fact he gave him dominion over everything, every fowl, every fish, and every creeping thing. Satan was already thrown down. So God had built this place knowing that Satan would come. Satan shows up. And it's not important. You know, I'm not going to get into male, female stuff. But Satan deceived them both. And at that point, everything flip-flopped. Yes, that which he was given dominion over now becomes his enemy. The lion will eat him now. The fish that he eat may poison him now. Even the vegetables developed a defense system so they, they wouldn't get eaten. That's why you cook your vegetables. Wow. That's funny. Wow. Look it up about spinach and green vegetables. Be careful eating raw spinach because there's something in spinach to protect itself. The, the, everybody began to protect itself. Wow. So now the flesh runs the relationship that he had with God, which was spiritual. So the flesh becomes strong. The spirit becomes weak. And now God shows up in the spirit and the flesh hides. All because the devil. Now we were made in his image and his what? Likeness. Follow this. This blew my mind. We didn't lose his image. We lost his likeness. We still made in the image, but since we're born in sin and shaped in iniquity, we can't be in his likeness. Because his likeness is holy. His likeness is righteous. We just read that. 
He's righteous. So if we're in Christ, we we are now we have what we call imputed righteousness. Say imputed righteousness. Imputed righteousness. That means a righteousness not of your own. It's all in Christ. So when you decide to practice sin as so-called a saint of God, you step outside of Christ and you get whatever you got coming. But God said, for you who, who don't understand the whole cosmic thing, who know how this relates to you, I'll whoop on you and I'll chastise you. But if, if, if you continue to do this, I'm, I'm going to prove to you you're not one of mine. Okay? I'm going to prove to you. Go to 1 Corinthians. I think this is the long one. Start at verse 1 Corinthians 6, 18. 1 Corinthians 6, 18. Mm -hmm. Flee immorality. Every other sin that a man commits is outside the body. But the immoral man sins against his own body. And, and, and some of them say flee fornication, right? Some of y'all versions say flee fornication. Yeah, go ahead. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? That's a question. Mm -hmm. Or you have been brought with the price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. So, have you, are you seeing that it ain't the devil so much? The devil got his mission, but he could be thwarted with the gospel. But a lot of y'all's fall is because of you. It's a flea fornication. And it, and as it, and ASB says flee sexual immorality, but a lot of y'all don't think fornication is sexual immorality. You do what you want to do. You you didn't got away with it. You don't think nobody know, but God does. And He told you to run. He didn't tell you to pray over it. He didn't tell you to drink holy water about it. He said flee. And again, this is why you have to flee sexual immorality because God made sex for married folks, and it is good. And anything that's good, the devil want to change. Yes, he does. He want to change it. So he twisted it. So when that spiritual twist came, he twisted that everything that was good. Sex between Adam and Eve was good until what? It got twisted. And now you're having born sinful children after the flesh and not after the spirit. They were born after the flesh, not after the spirit. If they were born under the spirit, we wouldn't be where we are not right now. Amen. Okay. We are the temple. Don't you know? And Frida, read the question again. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? You don't belong to yourself. He bought you with a price. He bought you on that cross. For those of us who are saved, now you ain't saved. You ain't, he, 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 you can be bought, but you don't haven't, you haven't received it. You don't want. I can get it. Why would you want to be the temple of holiness? Because you did that lets you know you can't do what you want to do because you was bought with a price. You were ransomed. He bought you back. He. That's what redeeming is. Think about it. you go take your witch wristwatch or your diamond ring to the pawn shop, and they give you a ticket, and they tell you you got so many days to what redeem it. You got redeemed at Calvary. And God said, the minute you got redeemed at Calvary, you received what was given to you at Calvary by my mercy and grace, then I become the dwell within you. Okay? I come to dwell within you. So I can't, I'm not going to dwell within you and Satan dwelling with you or a demon dwelling within you. That's why that man right there that day in, uh, in Luke, he got set free. 
He has a new owner in his house. Hallelujah. But this is what I want to tell you. Nowhere will you see the demon. When we read, it's going to be Luke 8, there's going to be one. Nowhere will you see God, Jesus, dealing with demons does he talk about sin. They still got to get saved. They still need the gospel. He can remove the demon from you because he's God. But and you still miss it because that's we, that's the guy who 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 heard it and it swept the clean house, practiced religion, and the demon went away for a little while. But figured, shoot, he ain't putting nothing else in there. He come on back, but he said this time I'll come back with seven more. And he, I was he was the man was better with the one than he is with the seven. Okay, those of you who practice sin and call yourself Christians, you you playing that that roulette game. That's a one to seven game. Okay. Either you become the temple of God and act like it and practice the righteousness, however that plays out in your imagination and mind, and your maturity in Christ, what that look like. Righteousness of Christ in here for everyone that's in here and everybody's listening. Everyone is different because we're at a different level of maturity. And I don't look down on you because you're not maybe as mature as me. Don't look down on me because I'm not where you at. That's where the grace comes in. Remember, I already gave the illustration when you started grace at one end. What, what, I mean, you start, you get saved, grace covers you. I'm down here closer to, to my day of, of death, and grace still covers me. I'm not there yet, neither are you. Okay, we're never there on this earth. But we are the temple of God, and we need to practice righteousness. And whatever, and I want you to get this, however you interpret that, that's holy and right. Now, don't be trying to play God now. Because, see, I know the mind of a human. You'll say, well, pastor said, do what you want to do. That ain't what I said. I said, practice righteousness as you are mature in Christ. What does righteous people got to do with Baal? Nothing. Okay, so don't go there. Pastor said, we can do anything. No, I ain't say that. But your hellish mind done translated into that. You know, you deceive. Hold on, it just said don't be deceived, right? Okay, a lot of us deceive ourselves because we want to hear what we want to hear. Even though I know this is what I said. Okay, go to 1 Timothy. First Timothy, chapter 4. Start at verse, start at verse 1. Verse 1 and 2. But the Spirit explicitly says that in later times, some will fall away from the faith. What? The Spirit? What Spirit? The Holy Spirit says. Which is God. And, and let, let me throw this caveat in for all those listening around the world. There is no way that a person with their limited intellect can explain the Trinity satisfactory enough for you to completely understand it. I don't care who they are. People's best attempts still leave you with a question mark. You just got to believe it by faith. Amen. You have the, the, the union between the triune to make one. You just, it's beyond us. Maybe when we get to heaven, we understand it all. Okay. But as long as we're in this sinful flesh and it's working against our magic with our imagination, it, it is not sufficient. But, but you either have to believe it by faith or, or don't. Because the thing about it is we stand on the word of God and we walk our lives out in faith. The faith that we stand on, which is the word of God. Okay? And no, there is no word trinity in the Bible, but you do see triune. Okay? All right, go ahead. 
paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons by means of the hypocrisy of liars seared in their own conscience as with the branding iron. See? Read the whole thing again, 4, 1, and 2. I want you to pay attention. That's what we talked about on the way to the seared. Okay? Go ahead. Where do they sear that? In their own consciousness. All right? Like a hot branding iron. Go ahead. Read that 4, 1, and 2 again. But the Spirit explicitly says... But the Holy Spirit definitely says, put quotations around it. What does it say? That in later times... In these times, which is later after Jesus. Go ahead. Some will fall away from the faith. Some will fall away from the faith. The Bible also teaches us that if they fall away, they would never end the faith. But they will claim they will fall away from the faith. And what happens? They'll pay attention to deceitful spirits. They're following deceitful spirits. They're following the devil. They're following the demons. They're following their imagination. They're following the spirit of their flesh. Go ahead. And doctrines of demons. And teachings of the demons. Go ahead. By means of the hypocrisy of liars seared in their own conscience. So, so the person who's doing this to you has a conscience that's already been seared. And again, think about this. That person ain't ugly and mean and nasty and, and trifling. That person is appearing like they really got your best interest at heart. The hypocrisy. Think about it. They get close enough to you to give you an apostate opinion of the word of God. They appear close enough to you and talk to you and gain your confidence. And their conscience has already been seared. Meaning that their consciences can't be broken through. They're already apostate. That's what we're talking about. They've already been seared. Seared conscience like putting a piece of meat on the barbecue grill. And what and just forget about it, and you know like how you come back out the next day, and it's as black and it's as hard as rock. Can't nothing, can't nothing penetrate it. You can pour water on it, it just float to the top because it's seared with a hot iron of sin. You're being deceived, but you want to be deceived. You want to a gospel that doesn't make you committed, accountable, responsible. You want a gospel that tells you that you're gonna get everything you want in this earth. You want that. And I get it. But that will send you to hell. And I don't I love you enough. I don't want nobody to go. You need to get saved. Forget about all the first of all, you need to make sure that you saved. And then let's let's clean your house out with salvation and the righteousness of God. And if you now go from demon possessed to demon oppressed or tormented, we can work that out too. Because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So the devil has no more hold on me. We were, we learned that in Ephesians chapter 2. He ain't got no more claim on you. He can accuse you, but the accused fall on deaf ears because Jesus died for you. Okay? Go ahead. Men who forbid marriage and advocate abstaining from foods which God has created to be gratefully shared in by those who believe and know the truth. So he's telling us that in the Judaizers, they, their big thing was diet and, and, and lineages. Mm -hmm. And again, these deceivers will tell you stuff. And, and let's, let's reverse that. They'll talk about how much you can eat, drink, and do anything you want to do. They'll tell you you can be married and do what you want to do. They can tell, they'll tell you anything that you want to hear. If they find what turns you on, they'll turn it up. I'm going to say that again. If they find what turns you on, they will turn it up. That's why you ladies quit crying in church. Too much emotion and not enough thinking. Because that's that, that person that we just talked about that want to deceive you, he'll pick up on that. Or she'll pick up on that. And now you're standing up before the church. And they and they trying to tap into your emotions. 
get you out of your brain and tap into the motions. The first thing a devilish, hell-bound person will tell you is, I've heard this several times in several different churches, we need to get ourselves out of the word of God and get ourselves in the spirit. How are you going to do that when he say, my word is spirit? Don't let them, that sound good. I enclose the what gives me power, what gives me hope. Romans chapter 15, verse 4. Uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. I enclose all that up, and I'm going to follow spirit. And guess what? Since you directed me to do that, guess who I got to follow to get there? You. Don't let them people deceive you. I know sometimes it hits you. Ladies, I get it. But let me tell you something. I, Frida, I guess I got to go there. There's three or four things that y'all deal with in life. Your man, your kids, your job, and your friends. And if a preacher is skilled in observation, doing their sermon, they will hit on one or two. Or they'll hit all four until they get a reaction out of you. And when they get a reaction out of you, what turns you on, what turns you on, he'll just turn it up. And you thinking he didn't learn something about you. And all he did was watch what you responded to. He didn't, he, you start crying when he talk about your kids. I got somebody in here whose kids are upset. This. You, you, come here, come here, come here. And then watching you, hold on, you been crying all the time as soon as he's talking about your kids. You don't even, see, pastor gonna make y'all free. I ain't gonna let y'all, the, the ladies that are around me, I let y'all fall for the okie doke no more. Now if you fall for the okie doke after today, that's on you. But you'll never be able to say, Pastor didn't tell me and teach me that these pastors pray on y'all. P-R-E-Y. Why they act like they P-R-A-Y on you. Okay? Okay. So we see that. All right, go to Matthew. We, are, we almost done. Matthew chapter 12, verses, sorted verse uh, 43. Is it 43? Mm-hmm. We got two more scriptures. Today. 12 and 43. Now when the unclean spirit goes out of a man Here we go It passes through waterless places seeking rest And does not find it mm -hmm. Then it says I will return to my house from which I came And when it comes It finds it unoccupied Swept and put in order I found it religiously clean Okay I left because I scared that religion was going to turn into a relationship, but I found out that all I did was stay at the religious level. So I'm going to come on back. Because I couldn't find nobody else to occupy. That lets you know. He's look, the, 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 the demons are looking for people to occupy. And they got to have the right person. Just like you buy the right house, they want to go into the right kind of house. <laughs> you know, they, they don't want to live in the slums. They want to be, be in something that can have an impact. You have to remember... Satan told them they get rewards for doing his work. So why would they want to be in somebody's... I'm not saying they don't, but I'm just saying, why would they want to be in just somebody in torment? See, this is the thing. When you get to the, the story about the guy in the, in the uh, tombs, he was tormented. But this guy that we read about us in the synagogue, he chilling. <laughs> he, he's not the torment demon. He's the influential demon. He chilling until Jesus show up. Okay? Go ahead. Then it goes and takes along with it seven other spirits more wicked than itself. Mm -hmm. And they go in and live there. 
and the last state of that man becomes worse than the first. That is why it will also, that is the way it will also be with this evil generation. So this is the way to be with this evil generation. Now we know in Matthew, he's talking to the Jews. But that wasn't written to us, but that's good for us because what demonic things do don't change. Just like he don't change his righteousness, they plan don't change. So just because you're not a Jew, what we got to be warning is they'll do the same to you too. They'll let you be in church all your life and you never get saved. That's scary and free. You can go to church all your life, 60 years old, and you ain't never saved. 70 years old, you never saved. You've never bowed your knee to God. You've bowed your knee to every religious thing that goes on to the church. And you want to present to God all the good religious stuff you done done. And God say, I never knew you. Well, I did. I never knew you. Well, I participated in the, in the pastor's anniversary. I never knew you. You never admitted you was a sinner to me. Well, I got baptized when you was 12. I don't know nowhere in the baptism where you admit you a sinner. For real. I mean, you might gloss over it, but you don't get to get down and dirty with God and tell him your specific sins. The more you specific, the more you are willing to open up to God because he already know. I don't understand why people don't open up to God. He already know. He's not saying, he know you've been at, he know your shoes been under somebody else's bed. Yeah. He know that. He wants you to know that he know that. And if you want to be delivered from that, and you say you saved, then you need to go all the way back to the gospel, get that power going, and believe what the scriptures say, and say, I'm going to practice righteousness from this day forward. Okay? Go to uh, last one, Revelations chapter 12. Revelations chapter 12. I think I want to start. Look at verse uh, 8. What is that? Revelation chapter 12. 8 says, in the middle of a sentence, okay. they were not strong. Okay, go back up. What? 7. 7, start at 7. Okay, there it go. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels waging war with the dragon. That's Satan. Michael's raging war against Satan, okay? There was a war in heaven because Satan rebelled and got one-third of angels to follow him to fight Michael and the other angels, which he was outnumbered anyway, but I don't understand. See, Satan ain't really smart in that instance. You got one-third of the angels. There's two-thirds left. All right, go ahead. The dragon and his angels waged war, and they were not strong enough. They were what? They were not strong enough. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. If, if, if he wasn't strong enough to defeat God, then he can't defeat the God in you. Amen. Now I'm going to go this. If God is in you. <laughs> go ahead. And there was no longer a place found for them in heaven. So they got, <laughs> they got evicted. <laughs> they got kicked out of Beverly Hills. <laughs> they got kicked out of Beverly Hills. Go ahead. And the great dragon was thrown down. And the great dragon and his buddies were thrown down. Go ahead. The serpent of old, who is called the devil, and Satan, who deceives the whole world. How much? The whole world. The whole world. So don't think you're so special. That's right. He's, his, this God, his job is to deceive the whole world. Because guess what? He only got a third of the angels. He wants your soul. Amen. 
He wants your soul. Yes, he, he don't care nothing about the, 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 the ones that went with him. He wants what God wants. He wants God to kick you out of your eternal destiny. To regain his likeness. And walk in his image. And be his ambassador to all those who would believe. Go ahead. He was thrown down to the earth. And his angels were thrown down with him. Mm -hmm. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying. Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God. And the authority of his Christ has have come. For the accuser of our brethren has been thrown down. He who accuses them before our God day and night. And they overcame him because of the blood of the lamb. Hold on. This is the part you got to get. They overcame him because of the blood of the lamb. They overcame him because of what he did, not what you do. All right, go ahead. And because of the word of their testimony. Now, this is what you do. You testifying about what the blood can do. Now, I know what y'all get ready to say. Go ahead. And they did not love their life even when faced with death. So, in other words, they were willing to give their life like Jesus gave their life when faced with death. Okay? Over, they overcame it with the blood of the lamb, which is his sacrifice, and the word of their testimony about the sacrifice. Okay? So it's not just about saying the blood. What about the blood? What did it do? It saved you. It was your substitute. It was your once in a lifetime sacrifice. Once and for all for sin. Read. For this reason rejoice O heavens. And you who dwell in them. Woe to the earth and the sea. Because the devil has come down to you. Having great wrath. Knowing that he has only a short time. So he only has a short time. So he doesn't have eternity to mess with you. Okay. Whatever time he got. That's what he got. But you can overcome Satan. By the gospel. Because the gospel is the testimony. So all that stuff y'all see on TV. All that gyrations. The question to ask that person. That, that when you ask the TV say. Did the person receive the gospel? Because I saw the gospel made a demon say, run or run. Okay? So you have this power in you. He's put his spirit in you. Not to go out and fight the devil, but to give the gospel that will dispel all darkness. And the simplicity of the gospel is, is they say it's simple enough for a three-year-old to understand. And it's the simple like this. Jesus died so you won't take the punishment. Who, what child wouldn't like their bigger brother to take a whooping for them? They love it. They understand that. You mean he going to take it? I'm not going to have to? Of course. I'm going to get the benefit of him getting whooped. Yep. So we have to think about this, saints of God. We got to think about our position and Satan's position. And we'll move on from, from 437, but we're going to bring up the demons again. You know, we're going to see this every time. So I'm not going to it as depth as I did now. We're just going to go through it. We know how, how the demon got defeated because Jesus was there. Jesus defeats them. And Jesus said, come out of him. Then he forbid the, the demon to speak. He didn't want endorsement from the demons who knew. He wanted from, from his creation who didn't, who forgot. Okay? All right, let's get ready to pray. Oh, gracious Heavenly Father, I just thank you. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your people. Continue to bless us as we understand the power of, of, of God. Okay? Uh, understand the power of God in the gospel. 
but you said I'm not ashamed of the, of, of the gospel for it is the power of God unto salvation for all those who believe all those who believe to the Jew first who had all the, the patriarchs and now to the Greek us Gentiles so God continue to show us how to use our power and be righteous as you are righteous and understand fully that we are the temple of God and no longer can we be demon possessed but we can be tricked into being demon oppressed and demon tormented so God I pray protection over everyone and the only way to protect ourselves is through the word of God and understanding it in context in the name of Jesus I pray Thank you for listening to the Walk in Truth Radio Network broadcast. If this message has been a blessing to you consider donating on your favorite platform. You can donate by looking in the description box and picking your favorite platform of choice, Venmo, Cash App or PayPal. Continue listening. And your prayers are needed, welcomed and appreciated.